Welcome to the You Go First podcast. This is the place where we bring together thought leaders, business pioneers, personal development gurus, and just about any person we discover that will inspire and compel you to go first in all areas of your life. Please welcome keynote speaker, philanthropist, and the official head dream chaser for Odyssey Teams, Inc., our host, Lane Hensley. You go first. No, no, no. You go first. You go first. No, you go first. All right. As usual, I will go first. Hello, everyone. I am Lane Hensley, one of the co-founders of Odyssey Teams, and of course, your host at You Go First. So thanks for joining us for another installment. I've got an amazing guest today. I'm so excited. I am a Chico State grad. My mom graduated Chico State. My uncle graduated Chico State. My cousin Chico. My, almost everybody at Odyssey, of course, in the beginning was Chico State grads. And today I have the acting president of the California State University of Chico. Gail Hutchinson has been the president since 2016. Mm. In the 135-year history of Chico State, she is the first female president. And to make it easy on her, we had a almost dam break in Orville, California. We had the Paradise Fire. And to top it all off, the trifecta, we had COVID-19. I'm sure you've heard of it. And she has been leading through all of that. She's no beginner, though. She was the vice provost at the uh, CSU of Channel Islands. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that you had worked down there. You, of course, have your own degree, 17 years in the classroom, I know, and an MA in teaching, I believe. And uh, of course, all kinds of life experience. I know you're active in Rotary yeah. and tons of leadership skills. So welcome to the podcast booth. Thanks for joining us for a conversation. And everyone, a good friend of Odyssey and friend of mine, President Gail Hutchinson. Thanks, Thanks for being here today. Thanks, Lane. It's an honor to be here. Oh. And so I'm greatly appreciative. Thank you. Yeah, well, of course, in the spirit, you go first is built to to look at people out there, whether they want to be in education, educational leadership, or just leadership in general, mm -hmm. and glean any knowledge from you that says, uh, in your career path, you hit a point and you could have stopped and you looked to yourself first and said, I'm going to go first to learn more, to reach out more, to network more. What would you say are some of the like biggest stopping points you ran into in your career? How'd you get through those things and end up as the president? I know you're retiring this year, so thank you. This is the the culminating. Now oh you look goodness. back and go, wow, how did I get here? And uh, what were some big kind of hurdles you got over on your way to your role? Sure. Uh, thanks for the question. And gosh, I've had a a 38-year career in higher education. 33 have been with the California State University, and 30 of those have been at my beloved Chico State. Um, but I have to say, my first hurdle was probably personal, and it was health. And I am an insulin-dependent diabetic. I was diagnosed with that at age 26, and I literally wow. thought my uh, world was over. So I went through a crash course in learning how to live and taking care of myself and taking insulin injections and learning how to monitor all that. And I had goals at that time to earn my EDD in uh, higher education and teacher education. And I thought maybe I wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, but I promptly found some incredible role models, mm -hmm. uh, one of whom was six years old. And one day when it was the day before getting out of the hospital and, and there was a cohort of us who had just been in there uh, learning that we have insulin-dependent diabetes. And this six-year-old asked the nurses at the nursing station, um, can Gail take me across the streets to the gift shop so I can buy a present for my mother? And the nurses said yes, and so this little boy and I, six, go downstairs, and here wow. I am, 26, thinking my world is over. And here the six-year-old child is 
full of life. Wow. And he's talking to me not only about what he wishes to buy his mother and what a great day it was and what he's going to do with his life. And he's six. Hmm. That was my first role model. And I thought if, if he can do it, I can find the strength and the will uh, to learn to, to live a productive and, and wonderful, loving, living life, adventurous life. Yeah. And so that was my first step forward. Wow. Wow. Well, you've certainly done that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting as far as medical. Like I know leadership for you is certainly not just an on-the-job kind of thing. It's a life thing. I know you're active in Rotary, and I know you lead mm -hmm. in so many ways in Chico. Uh, and at the same time, first thing you got to lead yourself through those kinds of struggles. Our previous guest, which should be an episode right before you, is also insulin dependent and uh, doing like triathlons and stuff. I, I think love you've it. completed triathlons I have, and yes. athletic events and things like that. Uh, so in the spirit of like, okay, so you find yourself as the first female president at Chico State. Mm -hmm. Uh, what would you say, I mean, we're certainly in a world of diversity, equity, inclusion, and making sure that we're looking around going, okay, where, how do we get everybody's voice to the table? Uh, what are some things that you've kind of consciously done as a real champion, of course, of, you know, a women's movement and at the same time pulling everyone else along with you through Chico State? You know, I, I grew up a time at a time in the 60s and 70s when the uh, civil rights movement was just taking shape and, and truly active in this country, when uh, the women's movement also was, was taking shape. And I also uh, realized at an early age, I have two older brothers, that the world was really different for them uh, as it was for me. The expectations for my brothers were different mm -hmm. than the expectations for me. And I always wanted to go out and be adventurous and, and see the world and be my own person. So I think it started then. Uh, and then as I decided what I wanted to be when I went to college, I wanted to be a teacher. And my reason for wanting to be a teacher is to help young people, help children strive toward their potential, really create access and opportunity for kids, especially kids who are maybe down and out or kids who don't really get a chance, you know, give them that opportunity. And that has served me well as I moved from being a teacher uh, to an administrator, like a department chair, a dean of a college, a provost mm -hmm. of a university, and now as president for the last seven years. It is about access and opportunity for people, especially young people, but for all people, because people of all ages come to college, and providing uh, opportunity for them to, to s explore, discover, uh, strive towards their potential, come to realize what their potential is, mm -hmm. gain confidence in that, feel empowered to go on to uh, do great things, uh, either in career or in community or with their families. Yeah. Well, you're preaching to the choir right now. Of course, I'm a huge <laughs> advocate of Chico. My mom was uh, got a teaching credential from Chico State so long ago. But you know, I know hope is a big part of your leadership principles and looking at, you know, I didn't know about that, you know, the diabetes like that, that this little six year old gave you like, you know what, there's so much hope in your life still. Mm -hmm. I know for me as a struggling student, I went to American River in Sacramento. When I told my parents I was going to college, they were sort of like, why? Like they didn't, I wasn't in a family that was like, college is basically an extension of high school. My wife is graduating the nursing program at Chico State. Um, and in her life, it was like, of course, you're going to be a nurse and you go to high school and then you go to college. So I, I found my way through the junior college system. I remember getting my acceptance letter to Chico State. It was like this unreal moment of like, I have a plan. I, 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 I'm following my mom's footsteps. Like, 
but but so many students are kind of getting lost i think in of course the post-covid world we can certainly share with us how the school has evolved education has evolved from your perspective mm -hmm. through covid and how do we reach out there and find those kids that are maybe about to fall out of the system and and wake that up that you know i know when i sat down with the counselor and it was like you could do this this and this and then you get to chico sure they'll accept you and then you did it and, and it, it was happening like one class at a time, one day at a time. And then boom, I was distinguished alumni a few years ago. Like this, these miracles start to happen when you have a plan. So back up that question to like, what transformation have you seen in education that can, what have you done to try to help pull those kids out of the woodwork and them kind of disappearing and get them into education, whether they're learning to weld and be engineers or mm -hmm. nurses or whatever. So oh, I don't, I don't, big, big question around just what you've seen evolving in education lately. So education matters, number one. And my parents uh, didn't go to college. And so I'm, I'm first in family to go to college. Mm -hmm. uh, going off to college was a really big, scary thing. But you're absolutely right. Once uh, I was able to get to college and have a sense of belonging, I was a, an athlete. So my teams were gave me that sense of belonging. You know, once we had that, I felt like I had a plan. And in having that plan, same thing, right? But what's important, education does matter. But what I like to tell prospective students, young people, older people, um, people who are looking for their way forward, uh, I like to tell them that it, it, you gotta find a passion. You've gotta follow a passion, find mm -hmm. a passion. It could be in welding. It could be in trades. It could be in uh, becoming a teacher or an engineer. And there's educational opportunities, whether it's with a high school degree, uh, community college, associate's degree, four-year degree or master's or a graduate degree. So all of that is available, but we have to create opportunity, access and opportunity for people to go and, and strive towards their potential and follow their passion. So then the campfire hits. Regional megafires, megafires throughout the state, uh, other unprecedented climate effects, in addition to a global pandemic like COVID, which really shut everything down, but especially um, made us take a, a, an alternative path in higher education. So f at Chico State, we had to go online within three days. So we had a week, it was spring break, it was this time of year, it was spring break and three additional days, so the students are off with spring break. Faculty have spring break and three days to get all of their coursework up online, and then we have to figure out a way to keep Amazing. our students engaged. Amazing. And we did it. But now we're coming out of COVID, and we recognize things as you recognize, which there are some students who are coming back already, and they're happy to be back. They're craving in-person, they're craving that sense of community. But we've lost, we've lost two years of students being on campus. So the first uh, to college come to campus, they've never been on campus before, but neither have the upper uh, class people, right? So the sophomores and the juniors, it might be their first semester on campus. So we've had to spend a lot of time in person really helping students come together and learning to build community and build uh, a sense of belonging and, and understand uh, how we fit together on a campus. Same with faculty, same with staff. And at the same time, understanding that there are those who had access because it was remote and they can't really come for the in-person. Mm -hmm. So how do we sustain that online and sustain it in a way that gives them that sense of belonging and keeps them engaged and then you add on top of that where 
we do the in-person really well and we do the online really well too but there are things called broadband deserts there are uh, not opportunity or not opportunity for everybody to get a quality internet connection yeah, yeah. and we serve a lot of those kids so that's part of the challenge and then you've got students who might be in chico who are choosing not to come out of their apartments and how do we help those students re uh re-engage in a uh, in-person community as well well i have a million questions in my mind i'm trying to think of like uh really you know the the leadership qualities and the spirit of like you go first the, the idea is like we're in all of that struggle, which I don't think any president has faced this, these kind of challenges at any university. I know you've become a real recognized leader in crisis management because not just COVID, but the campfire burned down the town. Our town's overrun with, That's you know, true. all these things. We're probably flooding right now here in California. <laughs> it might be crusty. And, uh, you know, you just got to be ready for anything. And That's true. How do, you, how do you set up your staff, your community to be ready for anything? And how, as a leader, do you really model the qualities? What qualities do you think have uh, led to your success as a president? Uh, I, think, I think the ability to, um, to lean in, uh, the ability to really truly believe to expect the unexpected, to be ready at all times, to consider um, a position of leadership not as uh, a job, uh, but as a lifestyle mm -hmm. that is truly embodied in everything that you do. Uh, so you're always role modeling, you're modeling, in addition to you're always thinking. I like to think uh, that you have to be a vision, visionary thinker as well as a strategic thinker, expecting the unexpected and finding a way to keep hope alive so that you can help the community navigate that path forward with you. And I've had an um, incredible experience, and you're right, unprecedented uh, challenges to the institution uh, during the last seven years. And with the Oroville spillway, the threat of the Oroville Dam uh, possibly collapsing and the first evacuation of over 180,000 people, I had to uh, enact our emergency operations center because we knew a lot of those um, people evacuating would be coming to Chico. In mm -hmm. addition, we have students and staff and faculty <laughs> who live in these oh impacted areas. And how do we help them yeah. out? By enacting emergency operations center, which is uh, a pretty prescribed way to approach emergencies, um, I was I knew of it. I had read our emergency plan, but every emergency is different. Every emergency has to have a tailored response. Every emergency requires problem solving. Every emergency requires uh, not only relevant information uh, in the moment, updated information, but the ability to evolve your problem solving and solution building along with it. So we had good practice with that. So, um, and unfortunately when the campfire hit, uh, I, we knew, I knew immediately that we had to get everybody together and we stayed in the emergency operations center day and night for 16, 14 hours a day uh, for 16 days straight as we're working and coordinating our emergency response, not only with the city of Chico and uh, the communities uh, up in the ridge, but also with uh, Butte County and then Cal OES, which is California Op um, Operations 
for emergency systems and yeah. and all the other uh, first responders. And you have to be willing to lean in. And then you have to also understand that it's not at the moment. You cannot get tired. So through this, <laughs> you have to realize yeah. it's a marathon. And you have to realize that in order to solution build and problem solve, you got to maintain your health and you got to maintain the health of your team, which is you've got to figure out how to engage in self-care and the self-care of your team and, and how you continually do that so you can uh, make it to the finish line of the marathon, however long that's going to be. Well, well, uh, you know, I, I know sometimes leaders, it's not always the decision you make, but how you get to those decisions that mm -hmm. really creates your brand of like, are you getting information from other people? Are you? And then, of course, tough decisions have to be made. You made tough decisions. I know we at Odyssey were a part of like onboarding the incoming freshmen and the dorms. We created videos and presentations and then another round of COVID hit and oops, sorry, kids, we're not coming to school this year. You're back home. Uh, I have a daughter who just graduated uh, Arizona State and another that's at, at NAU in Northern Arizona. And it was it's weird because I really wanted them to go to Chico State, but it was like we grew up here. So it was like, you know, go out there in the world and everything uh, their mom and I were trying to figure out. It's like, how do we find something like Chico? Mm -hmm. And, you know, people who don't know Chico is a small town or a college town. Uh, the, the university is a huge piece. So when you're talking about your response to these crises, it was critical for Chico mm -hmm. how the college would respond. It's Absolutely. a huge part of our economic structure, our community. Lots of students stick around. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's just a comfortable, fun vibe to Chico. And yes. my my daughter that went to Northern Arizona and, and ASU, my heart just breaks that they're not graduating with like, 30 best friends and this whole network like Chico does a really great job of building network now it could have been a generational thing you know I'm in the 90s late 80s we didn't have phones and the isolation it's still happening it's still there's still a community it can it's happen still community yes it can happen I'm just so what do you think are like the biggest challenges facing young people today going into college as they're in social media you know, judgments in some way, peer pressures. What do you think are the biggest personal struggles that the students are facing right now? I think young people today have incredible stressors, things that I did not have when I was growing up. And a lot of that is related to the access to social media and other online platforms. Uh, additionally, I think it's incredibly hard to understand um, based on what you're seeing online, what is fact, uh, what is credible information, which makes it hard for, I think, a young person, for anyone, for that mm -hmm. matter. Additionally, I know that we're able to identify uh, mental health challenges uh, better uh, through diagnostics and all that. And I know that a lot of young people are suffering mental health. And so when you've got mental health challenges, when you've got uh, difficulty understanding what is credible information, what is not credible information, and then perhaps you recede behind a screen uh, as opposed to integrating uh, and, and engaging an in-person community, I think that also um, doesn't help with our the development of our young people. So a whole plethora of yeah. challenge. And our, our response as Chico State is, as it always is, is to really help identify what the needs of students are and then rally our support services in ways that we address that uh, head on. And we're doing it, you know, we're doing it yeah. and I think we're doing it well. Well, I know you were a part of raising, I think, $106 million for student success mm -hmm. and all kinds of other things that are going to live, of course, well beyond your tenure as the president. What, do you, what would you say are like your proudest accomplishments as you look back? Like 
30 years at Chico State, being part of a, an incredible community, wow. uh, absolute amazing community, and not just Chico State, but the community at large. So that's one. Um, as president, I would say uh, the ability to help a, an institution that is an excellent, outstanding institution uh, excel and thrive doing unprecedented challenges. Uh, because we are. I mean, yeah. we we achieved some uh, university reaccreditation. We're still winning all kinds of awards. Uh, we've raised over 106 million in our first capital campaign. Most of that over the last seven That's years. Awesome. Um, people really recognize Chico State as that academic powerhouse and activity powerhouse and the unique experience that we provide. And then on top of that, I've done a lot with the strategic uh, plan for the university. So placing equity, diversity, and inclusion as our number one university priority, along with civic and global engagement and resilient and sustainable systems. Those three priorities are, are really contemporary. They acknowledge what's happening in the world mm -hmm. and they acknowledge really the unprecedented challenges that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we're ready to help solve. Mm. Well, you know, I travel a lot as a speaker and doing our leadership and team building stuff and anywhere in the world I go, I'll say I'm from Chico and somebody in the crowd and you're five and Chico, I were, you know, I, I went to the bear and you know, they just have this immediate like connection, mm -hmm. whether it's through Sierra Nevada or through the university yep. or through, you know, these great companies that are born out of Chico. Uh, there's just something really special. I can imagine just how much pride you felt when Very you got much. the job and you're like, oh my gosh, I have a hold of the steering wheel of this organization. But with that comes huge responsibility, right? With great <laughs> responsibilities, great power. Um, you know, what are the like the biggest fans of, of you would say? And what are, what are the trolls say out there that are like, oh, she doesn't listen or she's like this or that? I mean, just what, what's it like when you when you hear from the trolls or when you hear from the fans? So uh, so I'll begin with the fans. Um, and I think uh, for the most part that I believe in inclus inclusivity, equity and diversity. Uh, I'm a proponent and advocate and uh, partner for shared governance. Um, do that quite well. Uh, willing to lean into the tough challenges, have the courageous conversations um, and also uh, do things in a way that help the university advance and take care of our students. Number one, first and foremost, is taking care of our students and student success, mm -hmm. and then doing so in a way that also takes care of our faculty and staff and the community at large. So I think that's what the fans would say. Uh, the trolls would s <laughs> probably say, um, uh, I, I don't listen enough, um, and that they wish things were different in certain areas. Yeah. So I think it's always a double-edged sword because if I look at things that they're complaining about, I have equal number of areas where we've been highly successful that are in the category of which they're complaining. I think Renee, uh, Renee Brown, is that right? Brene Brown, uh-huh. Brene, Brene, say it again. Brene Brown. Yeah, Brene yeah. Brown. I think she said it well, and I know someone said it before her, is that it's easy if you're not in the arena uh, really trying to make those tough decisions on a day-to-day, -day, you really don't know mm -hmm. uh, what's going on. It's easy to be that that armchair quarterback. Um, so for the folks who uh, may, and I wouldn't call them trolls, but folks who perhaps disagree with what I'm, I'm thinking and saying, <laughs> okay. I think they're uh, I think they're just not in the arena. They may not yeah. have all the information to understand how I was able to or we were able to arrive at a decision. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard when somebody feels like, well, she doesn't listen. It means you might have heard them, but you just didn't make the same decision That's that correct. they wanted. And yeah. it's like, I hear you, but I have all this other data that I have to balance. And 
like I said, you have really led through some of the most difficult times in world history, mm -hmm. honestly. And uh, a world history that, like you said, through media and social media and just so many pieces of information coming at people from a thousand different directions, of course, they're going to have misinformation and they're mm -hmm. going to question decisions. And that just goes with sort of this evolution that the world is kind of built for me, whether mm -hmm. it's through my phone's algorithm. And yeah. now I'm living in a community that's not everything works out perfect for what I want. Uh, now the exciting part is like, okay, so this is the end of your chapter as the president. I know you have a few more months to go, so yeah. that's exciting. Besides pickleball, I know people at Odyssey <laughs> play pickleball. Uh, besides pickleball, what's what's next for you? Do you have a book you're going to write? Are you going to go on a speaking tour? Are you, you know, you're active in Rotary? What, what What's some of your passions uh, now that your role is going to change? Yeah, so first and foremost, um, I will retire June 30. So I'm treating it like the uh, track star who runs the race on the track that you don't stop until you're a good 10, 15, 20 yards past the finish line. So we're full speed till mm -hmm. the end of the semester trying to get done all the things that I still think we have to accomplish. As we make way for the new president, who I hope is incredibly dynamic and can help take Chico State to another level, which mm -hmm. is gonna be awesome to watch. Uh, for me personally, my, my uh, wife has said that she really wishes for me to not do anything for a year. So let's just say that I'm collecting uh, opportunities right now and they're starting to show up. They're interesting. Yeah. And I will continue my community service. I wish to continue with Rotary and Sir Optimist and be helpful uh, where I see need maybe in the community. And then I wanna get uh, healthier. I'm healthy, but I want to be healthier. Uh, I wish to uh, get back to cycling and golf and pickleball, see where that can take yeah. me. Uh, read more. I love reading uh, history and, and uh, economics and politics and the whole bit, so I want to read more. So I've got a stack of books that I really wish to get through. Uh, and But perhaps the first thing I'm going to do is sleep. <laughs> a fair request to take a year, because I know the role that you've been in is certainly not one that, you know, is a nine-to-five job. It's, I'm sure, 24-7. 24-7. And uh, like you said, so many responsibilities and all roads lead to you when it comes to, like, the big decisions that Chico has made. Uh, in the spirit of, of course, you know, through COVID, I think uh, enrollment dipped a bit for mm -hmm. probably every university out there. And the, the virtual experience is good as you can do it. It's still not as good as, you know, walking in a classroom and seeing and feeling the presence of your classmates and all that organic communication that happens when you're walking into class and you're building your network, you're building uh -huh. your family, this community, uh, you know, what would you say is like the the, the sort of final piece to the puzzle of leadership that if you could just impart like one piece of wisdom on anybody who's thinking of leading in education at least mm -hmm. you know what do you think is sort of that is there a silver bullet or is there is there any kind of last word that you could throw out there that you think is the guiding principle Gosh, or a mentor that yeah. you have is there is there a voice in your head that that drives you through the tough times that's so much, uh, uh, a lot of questions, and, uh, but I'll try to answer really to the best of my ability. Yeah. So in terms of mentor, my, my folks are right uh, when they said education matters, and I believe that fully. Education matters. Uh, it matters in order to take care of uh, the individual who is pursuing education, whatever that may be, um, the family, uh, their family, their community, uh, and also the nation, right? Democracy is dependent on an educated 
educated citizenry. Yeah. We have to be educated. So that's one. Secondly, for those who are maybe going into education, specifically higher education, higher education's at a transformative moment. We see nationwide that, that the number of high school uh, students graduating from high school is declining because population has declined in that high school going age. There's also um, challenge out around the country about is there value to a college degree? And I argue, yes, there is. But we have to really help um, everyone understand what the value of a college degree is because it is highly valuable. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, it's really looking at now with COVID and, and with Megafire unprecedented challenges that like flooding or whatever that require us to shelter in place or stay at home, how can we integrate that online experience better? And so for the university that really prides itself on an in-person uh, experience for more than 135 years, wow. we're not going to be back fully in person. We're going to be back fully in person, but we're going to have this also full complement online because that creates opportunity and access for those students who couldn't make that in-person experience. So how do we provide more for those who cannot come to us and we meet them where they are in their communities, but still try to get them engaged in community, not just staying in their um, homes or yeah. apartments or whatever, and then maintain that Chico experience, um, both in person and online, so that when we're traveling the world and we run on run into someone with the Chico State sweatshirt, it's like, oh man, oh, man. I love it's, Chico it State. Is special. It, it is. is special, whether you learned in person or remotely. Yeah, well, oh, we've done it Odyssey, and what you're doing as well is it's not like we went virtual because of COVID. And now COVID's over, so let's get back in person. Exactly. Virtual is here to stay. Yep. Social media is here to stay. Mm -hmm. This like this ability to be in other parts of the world. I've had guests that are joining through Zoom or some virtual platform. I'm so thankful that you were able to set aside time. I think it's spring break right now when we're filming this. So yeah. you were able to, to make time for us here at Odyssey. I know you've been following us kind of from afar. Uh -huh. Like I said, you know, I graduated Chico. My business partner, Bill, was Chico finance major. Todd was also a rec major. Um, and I know for me, like you talk about education when I was sort of on the fence whether I would go back to college at American River and, and, and get a degree, I was hanging out with some people that were going to Stanford and Berkeley and mm -hmm. these other schools one New Year's Eve up in Truckee. And I was like, these people just talk different than the kind of folks I'm hanging out with as I was doing construction, trying to figure life out. And I thought, I want to be educated. Like, that was it. I didn't know really what I could do and where my skills were, but I just really landed on what you said. It says, you know what? I want to be educated. I want to be worldly. I want to know things about history and about, you know, how to write better and how to like use a computer, which was mm -hmm. the beginning back then. But uh, it's here to stay virtual. Uh, I know I am very thankful. Ross is here. He's a Chico State <laughs> grad in media as well. And and he'll produce our video for us. But uh, I just want to really extend the most heartfelt thank you to us at Odyssey Teams and to the Yugo First family, viewers out there, I hope that you've enjoyed uh, the conversation with uh, President Gail Hutchinson and uh, the time that she's shared with us today. So with that, I just want to say a huge thank you to you personally thank you. and professionally watching you, cheering for you. And you've really navigated our town and this university through some pretty darn crazy tough storms. And crazy in times. Good shape. So a big invitation to all of you out there. You're thinking about sending your kid off to college. 
my kids grew up here, so they'd say, oh, I should go somewhere else. And really, honestly, I wish they had Chico State. gone here. Chico State all the way. So uh, with that, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you, Lane, and yeah. uh, big hugs and love to you and the Odyssey team. Thank you. Yeah, here, give me a hug here. Awesome. Thanks for listening to another episode of You Go First. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to listen to another episode, you can find us at yougofirst.live or you can see more about our host, Lane Hensley, on his Instagram at OneDreamChaser. To learn more about his company, Odyssey Teams Inc., go to odysseyteams.com or follow all their social media channels at Odyssey Teams. Thanks again, and we hope that you will go first to share our podcast with a friend or colleague. Now, you go first.